Welcome back, fight fans, to the Bay Area Combat Podcast. We are back. We got a cool one. We were just in Rosarito, Mexico last weekend for the Triumphant Nine card. And we have the main event and then the second fight of the night. They're going to join us for a little uh, a little one-on-one interview. We're also going to break down their fights as well. Thank you, Jeff Juarez, for giving us that content to break down. Uh, we're in the Suncoast Awning studio. Suncoast Awning's always taking care of us. They have a shop in Santa Cruz, a shop in Martinez for all your shade needs. Suncoast Awning is going to take care of you. We have Tom Bass Davis that's taking care of us on the sound, on the ones and twos. Deborah Farolito is also in the studio. I am Daniel Compton. I'm the fight director here at Bay Area Combat. And uh, we got Brian Tyler and Zach Bennell. We're going to come to Zach Bennell out of CSA first. He was the main event for the WMC title at the Triumphant Nine card. Uh, Zach, how are, you, how are you doing, baby? How are you feeling? Yeah, uh, just week removed from the whole situation, man. I feel good, you know. Um, body's fine i'm already back to training uh back to doing double days uh just no rest for the wicked kind of idea mentality of stuff especially when you're coming from the usa and you're trying to represent muay thai on what i expect to be a global scale here with time and especially the next few years man uh i just i want to stay as sharp as possible dog (laughs) the globe ain't sleeping and america yeah, and in America, just in, especially in terms of the scene of the like the Muay Thai community and the Muay Thai scene of the world, we're we're behind the curve, man. We have been for for decades, and uh, there's not really much else you can expect from America when we're not, you know, just we're not in the mecca of the sport, or even in the continent that's the mecca of the sport. So it's just it's always been especially important to me as an American that I stay ready at all times, at least in shape enough that I can go five rounds um, in case I need to feel the phone call. You know what I mean? Tell me a little bit about that phone call, Zach. So you're sitting at home. Uh, uh, we had talked about the fights. Uh, the fight call, <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting you on the fucking show. And uh, it kind of was looking like it wasn't going to happen. Tell us a little bit about uh, the phone call and how, how you end up to put this whole main event together. Yeah. So, I got I got the text message late Sunday night, and I, I remember getting the message. And, I mean, man, I'm, I'm not even going to bullshit about it anymore because it's legal in the majority of states, and it should be fucking legal federally Is I was high as shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just sitting there on the couch, caught a message. You know, I was late at night. It was around my bedtime. I got to bed super early. And I looked over at Kate, and I was like, yo, what do you think about me fighting to Mexico next weekend? <laughs> And um, she was like, well, yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll respond to the message in the morning. And um, sure shit, dude, woke up in the morning. And I woke up, I looked over, rolled over at my phone. I was like, yo, I got to do something, dude. What do I got to do? And I looked over at my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I got <laughs> <I gotta fight. laughs> <laughs> uh. to fight. And so I uh, hit them up right away, man. I was like, yeah, dude, let, let's do it. Just uh, what's the weight class? Let me know what weight I need to come in at. And originally, I was supposed to come in at 165, but then because it was for the WMC title, uh, you know, Jeff hit me back up. was like, yo, man, you, you got to be 159s in order to get the belt sanctioned by the, you know, the WMC globally, which makes sense. You know, you got to fight at the belt's weight class in order to to get the belt. So, um, I just told yeah, I just told him, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be in at weight. That's one thing I've I've never done is I'm not I'm not known for missing weight. I don't miss weight. I always come in on weight. 
So I just made it happen. So tell me though, Zach, that's not that's not your normal uh, weight class though, is it? No. The majority of my fights have been at 170 for my whole career, which I've always naturally walked around pretty close to 170. I used to walk around a little bigger in, you know, the 190 range, but uh, just kind of went on a little fast in the diet for a bit, shrank, shrank my stomach somewhat so I could stop walking around so fat <laughs> and just came in at more of a natural weight. So just the 165, so, well, I, you know, I, like I weighed in that morning, that Monday when I woke up that morning, I weighed in at uh, had to be like 177, I think, or close to that. I weighed in that Monday morning, mm-hmm. and you know, how'd you how'd you feel? How'd you feel taking all that weight off and then going five rounds main event in Mexico? How'd you feel? Like gar- <laughs> like garbage, man. I, I felt like shit. Honestly, I really I didn't really didn't feel that great. I knew the weight cut was going to take quite a bit out of me. Um, so yeah, in, in the fight itself, like not, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from anybody. I, I was in the shape I was in, uh, you know, it's just period. So there, mm. there's no excuses around the fitness level that I was at and whatnot. But, um, I definitely, uh, could have pushed harder. Um, I mean, training, training camp or not, the only thing that training camp I think would have done for me extra is help me get ready for his style. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I mean, I, I definitely, I wasn't sure cause shit, man, a year layoff, no activity for a year. And my fight prior to that was only four rounds. So I, I really didn't know what I was ready for in terms of a, a five round fight against someone who has has been getting ready for a five round fight for the last couple months. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't want to need to question my cardio. I just want to make sure that I was able to mobilize myself for at least that whole 15 minutes. So shit hits the fan. At least I can get myself out of trouble if needed, but I, I don't, I, I hold myself to a pretty strict regiment. So, um, luckily that regiment was able to keep me fit enough to make it through those five rounds without just becoming a sitting duck at one point. You looked, you looked great. You looked fucking great. I was impressed. Um, how much did, uh, how much did CSA contribute, uh, uh, to this camp? Or, I mean, I guess there wasn't much of a camp, but did you have your normal training in place or was it, what, 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 you, what were you doing for training? How, how were you so ready? Um, uh, no, uh, no, I, I didn't have my regular, you know, pieces in place where I'm going down and seeing Coach Kieran down at CSA and, and getting my work in down there with my regular training partners and whatnot. I, I didn't at all. I mean, I've, I've been kind of on lockdown up here in Reno since COVID started, too. A lot of the gym shut down. Uh, I lost my vehicle a few months back. Uh, just I had an act. You know, I was in an accident. Um, so I haven't had a car, been able to mobilize myself. So I've had to station myself up out of my garage. Uh, my main training partners have been my dad and then a couple of my clients that I taught how to hold pads. So, I mean, that's been my training camp. I just knew uh, that the work that I was getting in on the sides and the off work that I was getting in, um, in terms of skipping rope, my road work, my bag work, the conditioning work I was doing, uh, the technical drills that I was focusing on, and then what I was showing my my students and my people how to hold and what to hold for me and whatnot helped me a ton. It helped me tremendously. Uh, and the, the biggest thing, man, that 
that turning people into my training partners has taught me is patience, which I used to not have a lot of, <laughs> um, especially being a youngster kind of coming up in the sport and having to coach simultaneously while trying to be an athlete, teaching mm-hmm. myself. I, I, I lacked a lot of patience as a youngster that I'm starting to, I'm starting to develop more and more patience, but it's, it's, it's starting to display itself in the ring too. I'm not, you know, ready to blow my wad right away round one. And, and so it, it's helped, it's, it's helped me a lot. So, the give and the take from it, do I have the best training partners in the world to work with at all times? No. And I tell them that daily. And, I, you know, I make fun of my own training camps and stuff like that, man. They, my, my people that represent me and help represent me, they're, they're the best, man. Like, I, I can't thank them enough for sacrificing what they do just to help me. And, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of alone out here in Reno doing my thing by myself. It's, it's been that way for a while, so... I'll make it work. I always find a fucking way to make it work, dude. I'm too passionate about what I do to not make this shit work. Period. You're you're fucking killing it uh uh with all, with everything taken into consideration. You also uh just had another daughter. Congratulations on that. How is yeah. what challenges has that presented with getting all of your training in as well? Yeah, it's it's tough for sure, man. You know, bringing a new little one into the world and uh, which I uh, she's my second daughter, so it's, it's not my first rodeo, but mm-hmm. bringing another little one into the world and trying to make sure that Kate, my, my girl, is able to work her full-time job, which she's having to work from home, and then uh, making sure that baby's taken care of, eating every hour while, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to maintain my living and work clients out of my garage, so... Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely been, it's been tough, but, um, I I don't think anything can ever be used as an excuse. Like it's made it tougher for me, but in in the long run of things, like, well, I, I, this is the industry. This is the sport of fighting. Why would you not want things to be tougher on you than your competition? Because when it comes to displaying my product in the ring, after I've had to deal with the adversity that, that I have to deal with in in my life and, and, uh, just the natural flow of an order of life from having a kid while trying to deal with COVID work, people out of your garage, gym, shut down, all this stuff. It becomes super difficult. It just got shut down right now. Tuesday. He said, he just said it. Yeah. See right now, dude, our, our whole place is getting shut down right now. No way. What's up to my bartender, dude. This is my bartender. Hey, what up? What up? Oh, is that big horn? Everything is. Hey, what up? What up, Corey? Podcast right Dude, yeah, they just shut down bowling alleys, gyms, so yeah, gyms. Everything just got shut down right now. Tuesday as we're speaking morning. on the as we're speaking on the podcast, everything as of Tuesday morning is is going to be shut down here in Reno. So, going back through it again, I've had to piece together, you know, my little bits of training that I've been able to get in, uh, and and my partners that I've been I've been able to get in and whatnot and um so yeah it's, it's been difficult man it's definitely been tough but the difficulty of that has made me stronger um as has helped me prepare more mentally for for shit than people who don't have to deal with that i think people that have their training camps laid out for them all their sparring partners laid out for them everything just laid out in front of them for them by their coach by their manager by whoever it is that's taken care of like sick dog cool man like you you you, you kind of got a red carpet laid out in front of you for your career i don't i gotta i gotta make i have to make my office sew the red carpet myself and put it in front of me yeah so 
I can't complain about that. I actually dig it. it. It's made me a lot stronger mentally, so I can't complain. Fuck yeah, it has. So we're sitting there in Mexico, and um, it was a daytime event. The sun was out, but man, it was fucking cold. You had, yeah, it was uh, cold as shit. <laughs> it was kind of fucking cold because it was windy and shit, but it was it was nice. You're sitting there. I look over at you. You look over at me, and you said, hey, bro, I could do this every fucking weekend. And um, you said, minus the weight cut, I could do this every fucking weekend. And what... How how the fuck is your mind built like that? Uh, well, were you born this way, or did you have to develop this? Did you develop this, or were you born? Yeah, no, like no, this? no, no, no. I I know. I I definitely had to develop th- this nature and this this idea of uh, how I you know how I pursue the combative sports because dude, I wasn't man. I wasn't the toughest kid in my neighborhood. I wasn't the toughest kid around. I wasn't like um. I wasn't the most physically gifted athlete that I knew. I wasn't any of it. Uh, I think what I, what I just got really lucky is finding an absolute passion for, for what the combative sports or just what combat was, what conflict was in general. And um, I always found myself in a state of things where I couldn't find a state of peace unless I was in some form of conflict. Be it, it didn't need to be physical. Like I was, physically mad at somebody or hurting somebody but maybe an intellectual conflict or maybe um anything man any kind of con i I thrive in conflict i enjoy it it doesn't mean that i'm necessarily looking to hurt people via conflict it's just there's two look the man there's two forms of of everything right and in terms of human existence we got fucking and fighting fucking Mm -hmm. leads to more production of people so we then can fight with other people to see who's more <laughs> adequate to live on the land that we're fucking on, right? <laughs> so I just happen to be one of the motherfuckers that really, really enjoys liking <laughs> conflict and fighting, be it verbal or physical. I, I don't, I don't like to do it in a bullying man. Like fuck bullies, man. I hate bullying shit. But if someone is ready to step up to the plate and, and, and put their body on the line to say, like, yo, man. I think I know more than you do about what it means to be fit, like physically adequate enough to get you to shut the fuck up. Well, bro, I'll fight you right there on the spot. All right, let's do it then, dog. Mm-hmm. No sweat. And it's not it, – because I think the biggest obstacle that gets in the way of people doing this sport is the fear of embarrassment. And, I've, I, you know, I don't know, man. I've been embarrassed so much, dude. I've been embarrassed so many times with my own actions and just all kinds of shit in general that there's not really anything. I can get knocked the fuck out in front of all of my homies and thousands of people and people looking up to me and still get up and walk out of that ring and find something to learn from it. That's not a scary idea to me. So when you can overcome the idea and the, the, the fear of embarrassment, you start to really figure out what you're actually capable of doing. And that's the whole reason I'm here is I just, I, I really want to figure out what the fuck my brain can tell my body to do before I die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, hell yeah. yeah. So you say you like conflict. I do remember seeing a poster going around in Reno about, uh, maybe don't let Zach Bennell into a couple different, uh, uh, bars or, you know, maybe like a little Zach Bennell's 86 from all of Reno. Um, is that, yeah. is that going hand in hand with the, liking the little, you know, the conflict and thriving in that situation or. Yeah. Well, I mean, what it honestly boils down to isn't, 
at a certain point, like people like to tell me, and it, it's a really easy excuse, especially here in Reno and just a, a lot of places. They like to say, oh, we, we don't like to like, I don't like Zach in here because he's a liability, yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> That's fine. But what it ultimately is and what it boils down to is I'm sorry, dude, that owns this place or whatever establishment I'm in. But the ideas that go on in my head, as opposed to the ideas that go on in somebody else's head, maybe your viewpoints don't align with mine, which is totally fucking fine. Cool. But I'm willing to sit here and have an adult conversation with you about it to the point where we're going to go to conflict over words. But it doesn't mean that that conflict needs to boil over into anything other than, hey, I'm sharing my ideas with you. Share yours with mine. I don't agree with your opinions. Could we still sit in the same room? We're all said and done with this, but when everybody figures out you're a fighter, it makes them really uncomfortable. They and get they uncomfy out of the room. Yeah, they get yeah. uncomfy and shit. They don't want Zach Vanilla around no more. They get very uncomfy when they figure out not. Oh, oh, I'm not only intelligent and know how to use my words, but I could also beat the fuck out of you if needed. And you could so. just headbutt him right in the fucking nose too, because you know, no love That's for my the head. Hey, so Tom's actually, Tom's going to bring up, uh, uh, thank you, Jeff, for letting us use this fight. Tom's going to bring up your fight, Zach. So this was the main event, WMC title. Um, we're going to, we're going to go through the whole shebang and then, you know, cause it wasn't, it wasn't judged necessarily, uh, uh, how it was, Normal. you know, yeah, it was, you know, we're in, you know, we're in Mexico, so right. it's presented some different challenges, but hell yeah, we got the fight here, Zach. Are you able to see that fight, Zach, on your, on your phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. All I got right, you. Dope, dope. So yeah, he had a full fight. He had a full fight camp, and he wanted to fucking move around on you a lot. What were you? What were you? What were you thinking strategy wise here? Yeah, so I I knew out the gate like dude was gonna move a lot. I knew he was gonna move a ton, and that was probably the biggest thing that made me nervous about the fight right out the gate was I knew he was gonna be moving a lot, and obviously the thing that I hadn't really been focusing on the entire time was cardio. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I was coming in there at a, at, at a cardio disadvantage from someone with a full training camp running sprints, you know, um, just really get mentally prepped for what was going to be a five round fight that could get wild and crazy. Uh, I knew that I had to be a little more intelligent with my mobility and uh, I had to use my mobility a little more tactfully. I didn't want to find myself in a position where I was chasing him around the ring and using unnecessary cardio to do so i really had to focus my cardio into just the moments that i felt like i i had a moment so if i would have had a little more kind of kind of like having disposable cash <laughs> mm-hmm. if i would have had a little more disposable cardio then i knew like hey i could i could throw some extra cardio into this moment for a minute to try and elongate my combination or or catch him with the kick on the way out or whatever I would have been able to play around with that a bit more, but knowing that I had a limited, a limited amount of cardio to work with, um, I tried to, I tried to use it a little more strategically than going out there and just going balls to the wall right out the gate. That makes sense. Your kicks, your kicks are hurting them. Could you tell that you were hurting them with your, uh, with your power? Yeah, I could. I, I could tell that my low kicks were affecting him for sure, especially right out the gate. I mean, I hit him with a low kick right at, right out the gate in the first round. He started switching stances already. So I knew right away that what I was doing was definitely creating cause and effect. Um, I just 
uh, I didn't, it was really tough to get to him. It was, he, you know, he was really fly to foot. Anytime I pushed in I knew he was ready to move right away. He wasn't trying to get into a long drawn out exchange where him and I were just throwing hands, which is very intelligent on his part too, because shit, man, you fighting somebody on five days notice. Well, try to take me to the fifth round, mm -hmm. try to make the fight, try to elongate the fight and see if I have the cardio to keep up, you know, and it, so it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, uh, an intelligent perspective and just take an approach on the fight from him too. So him already being a fighter that likes to stay really mobile like that and move around, I, I kind of figured that was what he was going to do. He was going to, especially in the first couple rounds, try to avoid elongated exchanges, try to avoid us getting into a brawl. You know what I mean? So he could, he could use the cardio advantage. That was a nice first round. How'd you feel? How'd you feel after the first round? I remember thinking I won the first round. Um, and then round two and three, I remember thinking they were pretty close. Uh, round four, I knew he won because of that head kick and the, the flurries that he had after the head kick, which, um, yeah, man, just, I, it was just super well-timed head kick by him off that exchange. Uh, I hit him with a, a right kick. And when I was pulling my leg back, he kind of, I think he, he kind of held on to my leg for a second after I hit him with that hard right kick. And he just, he timed it perfect, man. Held my right kick for a minute. Just, just got me kind of held up and then hit me with the head kick right on top of it. Uh, it didn't rock me. Um, but it definitely off balanced me when I was pulling my foot back. Like I said, he just really put that head kick right on top of my kick. It just super well timed, man. Awesome counter on his part really off balance me and i remember from that point on i was like oh fuck shit lost my balance made the made the kick look worse than it was with with my lack of balance when i was bringing my leg back and all i could tell myself pretty much from there on was uh keep my balance and keep my fucking hands up so i didn't get you know caught with anything else on the extended exchanges which i didn't so it, it was chill able to go on to the fifth and then i remember telling myself on the in-betweens going into the fifth, like, yo, dog, you gotta, you gotta sleep them this round or decisions probably not going to go your way in homeboys hometown. So yeah, the pride, the pride of Rosarita, it was, we, you had to finish him. So you had coach Rudy in your corner. Was that the first time coach Rudy has cornered okay. you? Yeah, man. That's the first time I've had Rudy in my corner, but I, I, I've been around Rudy so much, dude. I, I was so comfortable with coach Rudy. It was, it was easy to have, you know, someone like coach in, in, in my corner, coach Rudy. You guys felt like you had great chemistry. So you guys, you guys have, uh, I know you fought Sonny. You guys, you guys competed against each other a little bit. So yeah, I was yeah, fucking I, stoked. I, I fought Sonny and then, uh, my boy Willie has fought a couple, you know, a couple of the Rudy's fighters and it, we, we have a history of competing with and against each other and stuff. And I just, man, I love Rudy, dude. Rudy's, Rudy's the fucking man, dude. So at a certain point, like I said, at a certain point in time, that's why I want, I want to expand beyond thinking about fighting people in America, like I'm, I'm thinking about, so when I get ready, prepped and ready for fights, I pretend I'm getting ready for a Petch Morikot or a, a Yudson Klai, or uh, I'm in a kickboxing fight, bro. I'm getting ready to fight Giorgio Petrosian. I, mm -hmm. I don't think about, um, I don't really think, and it's no disrespect to America or American fighters or anything like that. It's, it's, it's not that it's just, we all, 
can agree and, and we i mean i don't really hear anybody saying like oh america's the shit when it comes to stand up in muay thai no dude we know that in terms of top level competition it boils down to us fighting foreigners right and so I've always tried to branch myself out and fight the toughest competition I could outside of America whenever I get the opportunity. Yeah. And you get, you get, you get big fights. I mean, fuck after this too, like they're just going to keep giving you big ass fights. You're kicking him in the leg and he's grabbing his dick a little bit. Was he, uh, the leg kicks were hurting him, huh? And he was just trying to get like a little break or some shit. Yeah. Well, I think so. A couple of the leg kicks, I felt like really smashed his legs together so i'm not saying he didn't jock his nuts together from his legs smashing together you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. But so he probably did hurt him wasn't, but... yeah it wasn't from an inside attack it, it, was, it was probably just i kicked his legs in on each other and his nuts smashed together from it so i, I wasn't i didn't kick him i, I never felt his cup I didn't yeah i didn't know that it didn't, didn't look like you were kicking him in the dick so apparently there there was a a stadium rule where after the third round that um you guys were supposed to kick each other in the dick or something like that or what exactly yeah so apparently according to the stadium rules after round three if you hit each other in the nuts and you can't continue after five minutes whoever hit the other person in the nuts comes away with the w is the winner so yeah after round three i was thinking hard about just you know try to set up a fake looking nut kick for the next three rounds and just try to pound away at his nutsack but i just never followed through with it you know if i would have had a whole camp and 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 training you know what i'm saying and a coach that was telling me to go after his nuts i probably would have game planned for that better but you know blew it i was screaming purple and purple was supposed to be the code word for for dick teep for but, his dick right yeah yeah but uh purple purple yeah that purple was rain that was my bad a miscommunication there i was holding the it's ice on good, your neck i was I holding just, the ice on your neck when i was in the ring so i never just fully directed the punch straight up at his nutsack you know what i'm saying <laughs> There was a punch last night. Mike Perry punched the dude, and it deflected off the guy's arm, and then Mike Perry punched him right in the dick, and I thought that was great. Because it was that's like, Yeah, unintentional, but it was a punch, you know. So, But that's, how, that's how you have to that do it. extra, you know what I mean? Yeah, that should be three points. Yeah, dude, I'm using your own defense against you to the point where I'm, I'm punching you in the nuts because your defense sucks so bad at my offense. So I think I think that head kick w- w- was was just about warm enough to start landing. What uh, you started throwing the head kick like right around the third. W- were you seeing yeah. something for that one or? Yeah, I was. It just kind of sucked because at that point it was really tiring to pick my legs up off the ground. So uh, I, I I wish I could have kicked way more than I was able to kick in that fight. I wanted to throw way more kicks, but. Again, I just I kind of had to listen to my gas tank and my ability to move myself around the ring. I didn't want to start throwing an exponential amount of kicks and then come up round four and I'm fucking stuck in place as a statue because my legs are so tired. Yeah, he was throwing a lot of big shit. He was trying to knock you the fuck out, but um, but he, yeah. was, he was missing pretty hard, but he was getting a big crowd reaction. Do you think that kind of played into the, the judges uh, uh, maybe going in his favor a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's, dude, it's really, man, when you're fighting someone in their hometown, there's already so much emotion behind that fight. It's ridiculous. Uh, I definitely think crowd noise always plays a part. If it didn't, then the, the Thais wouldn't be yelling so much during fights in Thailand. The whole reason they yell is because the betters have put so much money on one individual fighter that every single time that dude makes a move, everyone's screaming in the audience for the move he just made. Dude, he's fighting, could make the same move back a couple times, but everyone's going to be dead silent for it because money's on the other dude. You know, so 
noise always plays a factor in, in, into judging. I'm sh- I'm sure, man. I, I've judged fights before, uh, never with a big crowd like that. But I I can see how audience noise could sway my opinion over time. So, you find someone in their hometown. I mean, that's where it really becomes a factor, dude. You got to you got to do big shit, man. <laughs> if you're gonna beat somebody in their hometown, in their home country, in front of all their friends and family, you know. But you have to take. And again, I, I had to take that in as a factor before even going into that fight. So I knew damn well what I was getting myself into before I took this fight. Did you feel uh, Jose getting a little frustrated that maybe you were fucking doing so well with your conditioning and just staying in his face and your defense? Did you feel him getting frustrated? Because I felt I feel like he started trying to land like way bigger shit. Like he was kind of yeah. getting pissed. Yeah, round 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 three, I could tell you. Round four, I think some of that frustration was alleviated a little bit when he did catch me with that counter head kick and was able to get those few flurries off. Uh, I felt like the the fifth round, he kind of came out and didn't expect me to come out of come out of nowhere so hot at the beginning of the fifth with that head kick I opened it up with. But um, yeah, I just I don't think I I really don't think people expect me to come out and be able to go go five rounds. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I knew you could. I knew that the fucking I knew, dude. I've I know, dog. <laughs> yeah, I knew you could. And so I was actually at the press conference. I, I represented Bay Area Combat at the press conference, and uh, you were still cutting weight stateside. But uh, I asked Jose. You know, there was a translator. I asked him. I was like, Hey, um, does your game plan change now that you have a last second opponent? You know, he's coming in on a five days notice. Like, how does your game plan change? And then, but he knew, man. He already he already knew. He was like, No, Zach's gonna be fucking ready for five rounds no they had dude they had mad respect man like though they were cool as shit him and his whole camp everybody was was super awesome man i can't you know i can't speak highly enough of of them and the the, the whole camp in general everybody they brought with them just everyone in general that was involved with this whole show dude like it was it was fucking dope man i i was showing nothing i was showing nothing but respect and and uh they knew like they knew they were in for a tough fight right off the gate I wasn't taken lightly. I don't think he didn't come at me lightly for sure. Uh, yeah, and you could see that in the first couple of rounds, man. He showed me a, a lot of respect. And I, I, he knew that he wasn't coming in and he wasn't going to have a walkthrough easy fight as a replacement. So he, he took it very serious, man. And he showed it in the ring, dude. Like he, he fought very intelligently. Oh, sure. he was he was genuinely very very happy when he had won because he fucking you know he didn't know he didn't know what way the decision was going to go. Um, it was a close fight that they asked, or they, or they 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 inquired about a rematch. You know they they want a rematch. Is that something that that you're interested in doing? You know with a full a full camp uh, rematch. Dude, I I'd, I'd fight my dad next weekend on no training camp. I'd, I'll fight yeah. anywhere anytime. Kate, dude, if Kate wants to call me out to a fight, like we'll we'll fight over dishes this weekend for sure. <laughs> no, it's I'm, in it's in my blood, dog. <laughs> hell yeah, it is. Conflict, conflict's what I thrive on. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I just I don't. Um, I'm not mad. I've never I've never been mad at anybody I fight, dude. I'm not mad at them. Uh, you think you can beat me in a fight? Well, I think I could beat you in a fight. It doesn't mean that you like. It, it doesn't mean anything emotionally to me. I'm not mad at you for thinking that. It makes me happy you think that because now I, I have the opportunity to fight something. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh, I know. Oh, I know. You would fuck me up. And then you'd be like, hey, do you want to no. go to the Eddie and fucking get a beer? I'm like, dude, do you want to hang out? I thought you were fucking <laughs> mad at me, dude. And, and, and no, you weren't mad, man. You were just fucking. No, no, yeah. Fighting don't make me angry. Even if somebody beats me, man, I'm, I'm not mad about it. Like, sick, dude. Dope. All we're doing is growing, right? The entire idea of our athletic career is just to see who can grow the most by the end point of it. Okay, and once we're at the end point, once we're done with that, all right, sick. Now, from here on out, who can help mentally grow people better from here on out? Yeah, yeah. No, we appreciate we appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate that, man. Because you're you're obviously a younger uh, uh, co. You're younger than I am. You're my fucking coach. You yeah. know, I've learned a lot from you. Yeah. And people Thanks, people normally your age aren't aren't trying to fucking build fighters and, and, and help other fighters be successful. So. We appreciate the fact that you had that that coach in you. I noticed, you know, throughout the fight that you guys were not clenching very much. Was uh, he seemed like he didn't want to clench at all? Was that something yeah, that you? Did. Was it he just didn't want to clench? It were you were you trying not really not trying to grab his ass up either? Or what, what? How was? What went into? Yeah, that? a lot of a lot of that boiled down. As I already already knew from watching video, just the video I could find of him, he wasn't going to be a big clench fighter. He wasn't really going to try to get in my face with that. He wasn't going to try to drag the fight out in that, that manner. So I already knew it. But again, going back to the idea of cardio and, and trying to, I wasn't trying to run around with him and keep pace and, and going. Yeah, I wasn't trying to go on a jogging match. Yeah, you know what I'm saying and try to run around with him, keep up, try to press him down super hard into clenches where I, you know, I could have potentially gassed myself, especially with him. If he was using the ring intelligently, it, it just wasn't something I wanted to risk with my cardio. I wanted to make sure that I was able to last the whole five rounds. We'd already kind of established like, yo, I, I'm going to need to win by knockout. If I'm going to win this decision probably wasn't going to, going to go my way. So I just, I had to be intelligent about the way that I was using my mobility I didn't want to chase with his style would with a full camp, of course, would it have been, would you have clenched him? Do you think, would you have clenched him more or no? Yeah. 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 I, I would have clenched him a, a, a ton more. Cause I felt like his, I felt like he didn't want to, I felt like he would have got tired. Maybe if he, he seemed like you seemed bigger than him, you know, it's probably cause you, you cut down more weight. You seemed bigger than him, but this yeah, fucker did I thought have I was bigger too. Um, and it, it, uh, yeah, just having having the gas tank in my pocket, uh, I, and I mean, who knows, dude? I mean, he could always come out with a super good game plan to avoid the clinch. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know. We had very little time to prepare for each other, so he yeah. he could have thought in his head too, like, oh man, Zach's gonna come out here and try to get in my face and clinch me. He did a really good job of avoiding um, anything that didn't keep distance and space between him and I. He did a really good job of creating space and keeping space. A lot of his attacks, you know, people think it's just easy to reach out and hit somebody else in the face. But, dude, when you're dealing with the ranges that we were dealing with where I'm looking at him and in order to even get a hand on him, I have to take a base step in order to even land a jab. So in the process of me taking that base step for, like, toward him to hit him with something, He's probably going to be taking a base step away from me. So then I have to put a combination together now in order to even set up the range that I'm looking for to land a punch in. And then any time that I was pressing in and trying to be active, he was immediately, you know, uh, responding back with activity himself. So it became a real back and forth, you know, go of things. 
And then once we started to establish that back and forth go of stuff, I didn't want to start chasing them on top of it and, you know, gas out by round four, round five. Yeah. No, it was a beautiful fight. I thought it was interesting. Paul Felder, he fought uh, Rafael Dos Anjos on five days notice, the same night that you fought. You know, he had stepped in on five days yeah. notice. I But I thought it was interesting because the UFC, they mentioned that in every Every broadcast commentating they did, they said Paul Felder on five days notice, on five days notice, on five days notice. That was the main, you know, what can he do on five days notice? I think it's kind of weird because I think people hold you to a fucking higher standard. You know what I'm saying? It's not just five days notice for Benel. Like motherfuckers expect you to win. On five days. I know, dog. Yeah. It's cool though. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally okay with that. I want them to keep me at that standard because it keeps my mentality at that standard as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want anybody to expect anything less than me. I don't want anyone to see me come in on a five day notice fight already making excuses like, oh, Zach could lose this fight. He took it on short notice. Yeah, no, nah, mom. Expect me to come in there every single motherfucking time and fight to win. And that's, and that's how, it. And that's and how I, I, I felt. Be held, I want to be held to that standard for the rest of my career. Because if I ever start slipping from that standard, it shows me that my training and my game in itself is slipping. Right? Sir. So I, I no, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Hold me to that standard, everybody, please. I don't care if I get the, the phone call fight so-and-so, one FC on five days notice, and they're fuck 100 fights deep. I don't care. I'm coming to win, and I, I better show up in shape. Otherwise... I can't I have a hard time holding myself to the standard of calling myself an actual professional if I'm not ready to do that at the drop of a hat. Yeah, you are the true definition of a professional fighter because there's not a lot of guys that can do that, coach, you know, but uh, but then there's not a lot of guys like you. There's people that are kind of trying to live the illusion that they're really a fucking pro fighter when they're actually working a 40 hour a week job and pro fighting like on the side a little bit, you know, and so yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of is to an extent as well, man. That's yeah, that's kind of like an, an American thing, dude. Like we we got to hustle a, a little more to to keep afloat and keep our head above things and and, and stay on top of our industries. Like you, it, it, it's difficult, man. It's it's very difficult from an American's perspective when you're not getting financial backing from some outside source to to make your career work i'm i'm just lucky man i'm i don't have those financial backings but this is just what i've been doing since high school and i've i've you know built up a big enough reputation amongst amongst the town that i live in to where people you know i i see enough clientele to where i can make i can make my my family and and i's living work from this uh, um but it's just it's a it's a difficult industry because I'm trying to make it work <laughs> amongst the struggle that everybody else is in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but at the same time, I I embrace that struggle because fuck man, it makes it a lot easier when I'm in the middle of a fist fight. Yeah, and I've already I've already put up with enough struggle in the day to day existence that fuck all I got to do today is go get in a fist fight for 15 minutes. Sick. That sounds like an easy day. <laughs> Hey, we kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, we're we're wrapping it up a little bit. Tell us about uh, who who know who has your back out there, sponsors. You know who's really on who's on Benell's team helping Zach. You know be successful. Yeah, right right now, man. Uh, my biggest my biggest support system right now is in my boy Eddie Rodriguez until the vein runs dry clothing company. And then um, aside from that, man, I, I I don't have any. Uh, 
other than my boy, dude, I always got to give love and shout out to my boy, Joey Gilbert, man. Joey's always helped me through thick and thin, dude, just out of his own pocket. Um, he's always helped me a ton. Uh, and then uh, other than that, man, nobody, I, I'm always open and I'm looking for, for new local sponsors, especially because I'm trying to make this and the whole entire game happen for myself, happen from Reno. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of seeing people and athletes, especially need to leave Reno because they feel like they need to go to a bigger market or a bigger place. Nah, dog, we, we can get this shit done from here in town. I, I can, we can get it handled. Just people need the right people need to meet the right people is all. And I think, I think you are, you know, your proof, your living proof that, you know, you can fucking, you can do it right there in Reno, but really people got to link up with you to make it fucking happen out there. Yeah. In my, in my opinion. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. And I, I just I want to create a platform here in Reno where athletes can grow from, not where I can I can isolate the athlete and take control of them and their career. Like, nah, man, athletes need to have control of themselves. We uh, we've always been very misrepresented in this entire industry. And I, I, I think it's time that athletes take the power back a little bit. And I would really love to build some kind of some kind of platform, something here in Reno where the athlete can use it as a platform to boost themselves off of instead of having to worry about paying dues to the industry that they represent in itself. Sir, sir. No, I, I, I agree with you and I appreciate you on that, man. You, you definitely built me up. You put me in a position to, uh, to trans- transition into smash Milpitas with coach Rudy. And, uh, I'm and, so glad you're with Rudy, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. So stoked. That shit worked out, man. Hey Zach, uh, a- any final thoughts, man? Thank you so much for coming. Anything else you want to, uh, you want to shout out or anything? Uh, no, man. I, all I want to say legitimately is please, guys, please keep supporting this community and the stand-up scene of America. All it's going to do is help grow America and the fight scene of America, help more of our athletes compete in Asia, in Europe, all over the world, man. Like, We got some shit going here in the States, and we can really facilitate some athletes growing. Just please, guys, stick with this scene. Help triumphing out. Buy every pay-per-view card you can. Uh, this, this, is, this is something that we could really take off right now with especially during this covid lockdown like we we have an opportunity here you guys we have a big opportunity to become a lot more well known on the global scale of muay thai let's just keep pushing yo hell yeah coach hell yeah baby hey thank you so much for coming on uh we look forward we'll bring you back on before your next fight touch base with you again man thank you so much coach Uh, yeah i love you guys have a good night man say what up to reno for us baby i will yeah later guys hell yeah coach thank you man peace Hey, that was dope, dude. Dope to have Zach Pinnell. We're actually going to transition into a Smash Fighter. So now I am joined by Smash Fighters, Brian Tyler. Brian, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Had a had a busy morning working on some stuff with the gym. So just at home relaxing now. Nice. So you're uh, you're one week removed from uh, from a big fight for you guys, man. For a big fight, how are you feeling? How's your body feeling one week out? Uh, how how are you feeling mentally? No, I'm feeling good. Um, nothing aside from my foot, which kind of got blown up in the third round um, off of a check. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing nothing else was hurt. Hung out the rest of the day. We had the second fight, and we were hanging out the rest of the night, and then walked around and had dinner and everything. So. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm definitely ready to start training again and hopefully try to get another fight before the end of the year, but we'll see. 
that was a big one for you all the way in Mexico, but apparently not, not the first time that you have fought in Mexico. You've been out there before. Yeah. So before I moved up to the Bay, I lived in San Diego for eight or nine years. Um, that was pretty much where I started fighting too. So half of my fights have been in Mexico. Um, I used to train out of Alliance, which is in Chula Vista in San Diego. So it's like all the way down South. So my coach was from Mexico. We would just cross and fight over there. It was easier to get fights at the time. Like California wasn't doing much for Muay Thai at the time. So was that, was that your first time fighting for triumphant? That was my first time. Yeah. Smash had like, we've always got people on the cards. Like Sean, uh, Sean Kamako was a champ there. Um, I'm not sure if Sonny ever had the belt, but Sonny crushed people in there all the time. Um, I think Edwin might've had a belt or at least fought for triumphant in the past. So yeah, a bunch of our guys have fought there before, but this is my first time out. Nice. Nice. So, um, how long have, how long of a layoff had it, had you have did was coronavirus messing with you guys over there? Yeah. I messed with this a little bit. My last fight was towards the end of February, like right when whispers of everything had started to come, it was actually in Sacramento. And I think that was like, like Sacramento had just got the first person with COVID like the week before the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything went cool with that. Um, we had the fight and I was supposed to fight again in April and then obviously everything just kind of blew up around that time. So it's been, yeah. So I'd say from March until now, just kind of hanging out, trying to do what we can. You were the, uh, you were the first smash fighter to, uh, to have a fight post pandemic. Was there a, was there an extra amount of pressure on you to perform knowing that, you know, the whole team was kind of, uh, kind of watching you hoping for success? No, I mean, I didn't feel any pressure just being like the, the first fight for the camp in this long. Um, I felt more pressure just for coach Rudy and, you know, like COVID has kind of wrecked everything for for the gyms not just in california but like in the country um it's it's super hard for a gym to stay open and you know not losing their membership so i just wanted to bring a win for for rudy really like having him put so much time into me during during the whole lockdown and basically just doing like one-on-ones to keep me prepared and sharp for a fight he deserved to get that win so that was my biggest the biggest motivation there Oh, he, he loved it. I loved it. We all fucking loved it, man. <laughs> yeah. Huge win for the squad. It really was all the way down to Mexico. It was uh, it was a very unique event. Um, you fought during the day. Did the sun, did the elements, did anything, did anything bug you out there? No, like, like I said, I fought. So before this, I had had three fights in Mexico. Um, two of the fights had been in Rosarito, just like a block down over at Papa's and beer. And we fought outside. Um, yeah, luckily the it wasn't too hot in the ring. Um, the sun wasn't like in any type of bad uh, like bad location for us in the ring. We were in the red corner, so it was behind us anyway. Um, it definitely got worse as as the day went on. Like it got super cold. We were right by the water, so um, I know like Zach will be around later. We were just standing there trying to keep him warm for the longest time, but I lucked out being the second fight. That was a huge fight for us. How did, how was your fight camp? I know, you know, COVID was, was in place. So there was some things that you couldn't do. Um, how was, how was the camp? Who, who at smash really helped you push to be successful for that fight? 
Yeah, the camp was definitely weird. Um, the when when coach told me it was like I had a fight, and he's like, "Hey, you're fighting in um, in November." I was just like, "Okay, cool." And he's like, "Okay, cool. You're fighting at 147, and I normally fight at 153." And we had been talking about making the drop, but that was a, like when we actually had full time to be in the gym and work out constantly and keep my weight down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, "All right, cool." I'm like. 175 right now so that might be a little bit of a drop it's like all right well we're gonna do it so uh, i did a lot of like just one-on-one sessions with him pretty much three days a week uh pad work and strength and conditioning stuff just us uh in the dead gym and then we had a, a pretty core core group like our our own little bubble um for some sparring partners but I mean, the really it was the the main group of guys that pushed. Um, Sean was in there beating me up. Uh, little Jacob, uh, Jacob on he's another up and coming amateur from Smash who will probably have a belt pretty soon. I think he was actually supposed to be fighting for a belt right before COVID happened. So uh, he was in there helping me out. You came in and gave me some work with your giant body and putting all the <laughs> pressure and heavy leg kicks on me. Um, Sunny Singh was in there also beating me up another bigger triumphant guy. So, um, yeah, that's one thing since I've come to smash that I found in each of the fights I've had for the team that the, the guys in the gym are generally putting it on me a lot worse than I've had to deal with in a fight. So it's, it's been really helpful. (laughs) Hey, you seemed so well prepared. I, uh, I was coming off my own little injury, but I was like, dude, and I felt almost ready to come back with you guys, but <laughs> you guys were sparring so fucking hard getting ready for your fight that I didn't want to fucking come back yet. I was like, damn, like, I gotta, <laughs> I better wait till this camp's over and then I'm going to wiggle in there. Uh, cause then, but dude, it really showed in the fight, man. You, uh, you came out so well prepared. Um, it almost didn't look like an amateur fight, you know, besides, you know, the elbow pads being on, you know, it looked like, it looked like fucking top level competition and you really executed very, very well. Um, how many more amateur fights do you think you have before you, you, you make that transition? I mean, completely honest, like whenever my coach tells me that it's time to go pro, then that's when it's time to go pro. If, if for the next one, he was like, all right, cool. You're turning pro. It's like, all right, cool. If I have another 10 fights before I go pro, cool um muay thai in the u.s it's it's almost better to stay amateur as long as you can just so you can actually get opportunities to fight um there's so few big organizations and luckily like triumphant is definitely trying to trying to come up and they're putting on amazing shows so that'd be awesome to get the opportunity to fight for them but um yeah i mean really whatever my coach says that's what i'll follow um yeah, and it's always a goal of mine to try to look like a pro. Um, that's one of the things that I've always kind of found a little annoying about some of the smaller shows in the U.S. is that a lot of the amateur fights, it's guys that aren't really necessarily about Muay Thai specifically or don't come from like a Muay Thai background. So their striking is like they may have power, they may be able to strike, but it's usually coming off of some type of like MMA striking. And it just... For me, someone who came up like just loving Thai Muay Thai, um, 
it's always kind of been a, a an issue. Like I want it to look as clean and professional as possible, but sometimes you just get dragged into wars and like banging it out because that's how people fight here. Yeah, man. Drillers are drillers are killers though, man. And, uh, I think, I think it's how much, you know, you're drilling that even when the fire fucking, you know, got full flaming, you were, uh, you're able to pull off really nice, nice, crisp techniques. And I'll be honest, cause I have an MMA background. I didn't value the art of Muay Thai. Like I'm, like I'm starting to appreciate it now because there's something to being able to pull off, uh, uh, uh these moves, uh, under the fire, man. And, um, and then to look good and then also just to, just to, just to be, uh, poised in there, man, you seem like nothing Were those leg kicks hurt. Like seemed like nothing was hurting you in there. Do you, are you feeling pain in there or are you just, you just zend out? No, I mean, definitely like, no disrespect or shade or anything. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with the adrenaline and everything in a fight. Um, the first time I fought without shin guards, I was so afraid because you don't know what it feels like to check a kick or something. And I've heard people just like, yeah, my leg felt like it was going to break. And like the first time I checked the kick, I was like, I tensed up and I checked it and I was like, Oh, that didn't hurt. And then the guy immediately threw another one. I checked it again. I was like, Oh, I'm good. Uh Um, and that was kind of how this fight went. Um, he did land a couple that I'm not going to lie. I, I felt them, but like not trying to like gas you up or anything, nowhere near a leg kick that you hit me with when we're doing like nice sparring with shin guards on. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of things that definitely prepare me. And, you know, when it gets a little hot in there, really, I can look back and say like, Hey, I haven't been hit in a fight as hard as I've been hit by some of my training partners. And we're not just in there like doing crazy sparring. It's just the level of of teammates that I have that help me to kind of rise up to to try to meet that same level. I was talking to Sonny today um, while we were moving some of the equipment, and uh, we were talking about that man, how our fucking squad just brings the most out of everybody, and and then we're we're just prepared for the violence. What do you do, Brian? What do you do outside of the ring to kind of balance, um, you know, being so violent? um so outside of the ring i mean i'm a i'm a huge nerd uh i'm super into like comics and anime video games stuff like that um i've got kids so i've got my my two-year-old son he keeps me super busy um he's super crazy and is always running around Uh, i've got an 18 year old daughter who also keeps me busy and stressed out all the time uh so yeah, mostly just like family stuff. And then I work for a, for a tech company, like a ton of people up in the Bay do. Um, luckily, you know, through all of COVID and everything, I've been able to stay and, you know, work from home and hold on to that job. So definitely been really blessed to be able to be at work eight hours a day, just like normal, just from home. Um, so yeah, that's usually my day to day is wake up, work, play with the kids, uh, watch some cartoons and then try to get to the gym. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You seem to balance it well, man. You always seem motivated. You don't, you never seem to be getting burnt out, you know, and, uh, and, and you, and you always perform, man. When we put you in the fucking fire, you perform, dude, who, (laughs) who's your favorite fighter? Just kind of getting a little bit, a little bit inside the psyche of Brian. Who, who do you like? Do you try to emulate them or is it just some that you like to watch? Who's your favorite fighter? Yeah. I definitely tried emulating my favorite fighter for the longest time. And I still do sometimes, but I, I realized just like, that's not going to be me. 
and some people are just like so high up there the best you can do is just try to look a little bit like them uh but Giorgio Petrosian is my favorite fighter period um I also love Yachts and Clyde Fairtex uh so Southpaws are generally who I watch I'm a Southpaw so I like to when I watch fights, it's generally not just like for fun. It's trying to study and pick up stuff. Um, so I'll try to watch as many Southpaws as I can. Um, I really like boxing. So I watch a lot of like Pernell Whitaker. Um, Crawford just had a great fight the other day. So that's another one. But yeah, I've got a lot of favorites, but my absolute favorite fighter is definitely Petrosian. Um, I got into Muay Thai because of K1 kickboxing. Um, I started walk, watching kickboxing and Buakau was in there just wrecking stuff. And I was like, whatever he's doing, that's what I want to do. And that's how I kind of found Muay Thai. And then when Petrosian got in there, he was just kind of giving everyone the business. And it was just like, he's so clean. He doesn't get hit. He wrecks everyone. And I think he's got like two losses out of like a hundred something fights. Like, Yeah. That's yeah. A fucking savage right there. So. Hey, who's Choco? Who's Choco? Choco is yeah. Choco I mean, I, is me. That's you, baby. <laughs> um, so how did that yeah. how did that come to be, man? So the it's it's a nickname that it's a stupid nickname from work. I used to work at an Apple store um, when I lived in San Diego. I was one of two black people in that store, and our store was the closest one to the to the Mexico border. Um, so a lot of my coworkers were Mexican and Spanish speaking, and because I was black, I was Choco. So for chocolate. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. And I used <laughs> and I used to live like, I don't know, like maybe half a mile away from the store. So at lunch I would go home on my lunch breaks. And I also I collect sneakers. So like I would go home, I take my shoes off when I get inside. And generally I would just grab another pair of shoes, like, and I wouldn't walk out wearing the same ones I was wearing just because like I'd run out real quick and just grab a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. So they they would always joke that I had to come into work looking fresh. So they threw that together as Choco Fresh, which is like, that's my IG handle. Um, that's pretty much my my name on every social media thing that's out there. Um, but it became my nickname. So like, no matter who, uh, I work with this company called Bait, um, coincidentally wearing a hoodie for them. But everyone there met me through Instagram. So they just started calling me Choco. All my friends at work started calling me Choco. So that's just kind of the name. Um, Smash is actually one of the few places where people call me Brian. And it still weirds me out to have like friends call me by my first name because I haven't had that like since school. But yeah. Hey, my bad, Brian. We, no worries, no worries. Our next door neighbor owns like a fucking, like a sports car fucking uh, spot and shit. And he's, uh, he fired up one of his bad boys. But uh, we'll, probably, dude, we'll probably actually wait. We're going to come into the video. We're about to bring up your fight video right now. It's going to be dope. Oh, this fucker might be, he might be done now, huh? Let's bring it up now. Right. You got that, Tom? Tom Bass Davis is going to bring up the fight video for us. Okay. So you were the second fight. You're already throwing him around. Huh? How did he, was, was he weak? How did he feel? Uh, didn't feel weak. I, I caught a kick really early and just kind of went for the sweep there. Um, he swept me right back. And that definitely, the first one was like, all right, whatever, you caught it. And then I think he gets one again pretty quick after this. Um, and that actually like kind of threw me off because my favorite attack, I guess, is that left body kick. Um, 
have one KO from it. I've definitely KO'd a few people in the gym with it. Bro, you um, almost you fucked me up with that kick, bro. That kick hard <laughs> as fuck. Bro, that kick come out and that kick hard as fuck. So so he was, catch, he was catching it though a little bit. But yeah, he he caught it and swept me twice. So I was like, oh shoot, like that was the plan. Now what? Um, but one thing that we noticed like right at weigh-ins, coach was like, Hey, his his legs are super skinny. So start throwing leg kicks. Like I want you to leg kick the whole fight. Um it took me a little bit. I think the first leg kick I threw. Uh, which you saw a little bit ago, like it kicked his leg straight across. Yeah. Um, but it took me a bit to kind of get going and to, to start doing that consistently. Um, but yeah, nothing that was, that was really being thrown was hurting or anything. Um, I don't, I don't remember getting punched in the face. I think he got me with an elbow once when he got me in the corner, Ooh. uh, probably around there. He was trying to throw you out the ring because that was because you yeah. guys were in Mexico, huh? <laughs> this is a prof- not professional wrestling, you know? Um, yeah, I so I watched that. This is like, I know I didn't just let him have it. And he caught it and tried to push me with an elbow that I think gave him a little mouse under his eye, like, as he... Uh, so I was pretty proud of that one when I went and watched it back. <laughs> hell yeah. No, hell yeah. Dang, that round went fast, huh? How they feel? Do they feel like they were going fast? I know that. Yeah, the two minute rounds always like we only ever what we maybe do like three rounds at two minutes when we're doing sparring. Um, we're generally sparring at least three minute rounds, and then if there's enough MMA guys, we're also doing like five minute rounds. So the twos always catch me off guard because I'm just like, oh shoot, it's done. Um, and I was a little worried. Coach in the corner over here is like. I remember him saying like, Hey, this isn't sparring because that first round we kind of like, we we're going like kind of back and forth. And, um, I wasn't really pushing the pace. Like we were planning the whole camp was, was trying to get me to start pushing that pace a little more to, to try not to be as traditional and, and just kind of like chilling. And I definitely didn't do it in the first round. Um, I started picking it up more in the second I actually got shit for that for that fucking in between the first and second round because I was slow getting the ice to your neck, dude. But we had, <laughs> we had talked and I, and you said because because it, it was kind of cold, so we didn't know if you were gonna want ice on your neck or not. And so you're like, I'll let you know if you yeah. wanted. Yeah, you're like, I'll let you know if I if I wanted or not. But then obviously I wasn't gonna ask. Like, yeah, I definitely you. didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I put it on, but then my buddy texted me. He was like, "Homie, you, don't be late with the ice like that, dog." Like, and I was just like, yeah. "Fuck, it's, dude." So it was a lot of pressure. I know that you were fighting. A lot of pressure for me too, dog. All right, I was very nervous. I know you're always nervous about cornering, but I've said it before. You're like my favorite corner so do everything the same that you always do it yeah we have a good time in there man i I love cornering you because you're about to go in there and just fucking put bones on these motherfuckers dude like violent violent so you're actually trying to fuck this fool up which i liked you know i was and like again like there's no i've never had a fight with someone that that i didn't like um, I don't generally know the people beforehand, but always after I'm friends with the people I fight. Um, even this guy, like we were cool after we sat and chatted for a while, but definitely during the fight, I really wanted to put him out. Uh, yeah. I, I just really wanted to give coach Rudy a finish. Like 
he put a lot of work into me for this camp. There was a lot of one-on-one time for this camp. So I was like, he deserves it. Um, we'll get to it in round three, but I think I got robbed out of the finish here, but yeah, I really wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you may have got robbed out of a finish. I think it's crazy how in Muay Thai, um, they do a 10 count, but they don't stop the clock, you know, for a 10 count. So, so like, so I don't know if that's a Muay Thai thing or if that was just a, they messed up thing because I talked to other, like other trainers there had told me like, Hey, they, they didn't stop the clock. Like it was something that they were supposed to do. Okay. Um, so that's what, that's why I said, like, I feel like I got robbed because yeah. in the third round we'll see, there's a couple times where if I had that extra 20 seconds, I think it would have been done. Um, and then, yeah, in between this round, uh, coach was like, I'm gonna have to slap you. And I think that's the second time I've been threatened in the corner. I haven't got it as bad as like JSD or Sunny, where they've been like straight up screamed at, but same thing. Um, I was landing things that, that, I guess coach and you were seeing that were land like they were getting through, um, but I wasn't doing enough of it. So he's just like, you need to throw your left hand. It's there the whole time. And then in that third round, I, I found the left hand a few times. Um, and then after that, I was just really trying to go cause I felt it. The leg kicks were really starting to get to him. I knew that he wasn't going to be able to stand up much longer. So I really wanted to try to get in there and get the finish. I've never had a leg kick knockout either. And I would actually probably like a leg kick knockout more than just like a straight you're out knockout. Yeah. Those are, yeah. If you could kick this fool's legs out, that's a blast. That's so much. Well, Cause fun. like, uh, I think I just, so I looked at my foot and we talked about this afterwards. Um, he knew that his leg was, was dead. And he was like, he checked one of them. The first kick before that I threw a leg kick and he checked it. And I kind of like, I didn't actually look at it, but it hurt. And I threw it again and he checked it and it was right on the point of his knee. And I just felt my foot go. And after the fight, it was like a balloon. But ooh. That's you caught his that, was, that body shot was lit. This whole elbow sequence. The body is shot. Lit. <sighs> yeah, yeah I think up. I got on like three or four elbows there. <laughs> yeah, you were fucking uh, I like those elbows. But yeah, like this this camp, we did a lot of elbow work like with Rudy on pads he did a lot and then in sparring I was really trying to focus a lot on it and a lot of it was because of early in the camp I was still heavy and we hadn't really been training at all you know since like March I think I'd had like three or four four times in the gym so elbows I'm I'm fairly good in the clinch with with our team um so elbows were kind of the thing keeping me safe in fights because like little guys like Jacob just put the pressure on you and you can't stop them. So it's like, okay, cool. If you keep coming in, I'm going to grab you. I'm going to elbow you. Um, and it paid off here. So I was able to drop him with one, a really hard right elbow. Um, and then I got him again with a couple more. So after that first Ooh, knockdown, we rewound, yeah, we rewound it back to the body shot. Oh, there we go. Boom. Anwar, remember Anwar used to land that fucking elbow on me, that straight fucking like jab yeah. elbow. He used to land that shit on Anwar me every was, day. His, his arms were like three feet long. That shit sucked. I remember that fucker elbowed the shit out of me. Love you, Anwar. I wish we had. <laughs> I wish we had him back. He was a good time, man. You know. Ooh yeah, his whole can't even stand on them legs, man. 
and then look at my dog. Yes. So you look fresh as fuck here for your fade for this fight was so fresh that I can understand why <laughs> they call you Choco Fresh. You know, I I can see why. Look at his face right here. He was so done right there, Brian. He was so done. He wanted to be anywhere else in the world but in that fucking ring with you at that moment. And I, I, I could feel for him. I felt that too. So Ooh. and he wanted like he wanted to be done, but like all credit to him, he got up and he kept going. Like here, like where we fell right there we locked eyes like right as I fell over him and I definitely saw it. And that's why I just went over and stood there. I didn't think he was going to finish. And like, I was standing there on the rope. I was like staring right at Kevin Ross. <laughs> who's also one of my favorite fighters. And then I heard him hit to, I heard him get to eight and I was just like, you're kidding me. This fool's going to keep going. So I turned around I tried to finish it at the very end, but just ran out of time. Hey, great, great fight, man. That was a good fucking time. A lot of, I'll be honest, too, when we got down there, I was fucking, I was happy that I got to experience the event as the corner man and not the fighter for the first time because <laughs> there was a lot of variables, you know, that, um, that I had, you know, I got to kind of tinker with. Uh, so I really appreciate you for letting me fucking be in there with you and get through all that anxiety without actually having to get punched in the face. You took the punches for me. Yes, I appreciate you gotcha. on that. Hey, uh, great trip out there, man. Great trip. Oh, look, okay. Oh, yes, baby. That was a good time, dude. That was a good time. Do you have anything planned uh, coming up? Or are you kind of just uh, uh, waiting for the phone call? Or like, what do you, you know, what's on the agenda for you? Yeah, pretty much just waiting to hear. Um, so while we were down there, like, that's when everything kind of started locking down again or like moving back. Um, so I know triumphant was, uh, I think they were supposed to be trying to do another card, but I don't know if that's still going to happen with everything going on. Um, we've been talking about, I think there's a tournament that might be happening in Arizona, but who knows if that's going to happen. Um, so as of right now, I'm just sitting around waiting to hear, uh, we're moving, like you said, we're moving gyms right now. So just waiting to get back in the gym and, and train, um, but yeah, I'm I'm ready for whatever. Like I want to get in and start training and be ready for a fight ASAP. I didn't put on too much weight, so I'll be able to get back down pretty quick. I'm hoping that we could put our you know the Bay Area Combat Show together. We're do we're doing a hybrid show, and uh, we loved we'd love to have you on our show. Um, Hopefully, hopefully, you know, the timetable works out and you're not pro yet. And if you are pro, <laughs> yeah, if you are pro, hopefully we can get you on the pro-am show. I think it's going to be two or three amateur shows before we go pro-am. So uh, we would definitely love to have you on our show. So we're looking forward to that. Hey, but also we're going to keep you on it. That'd be dope, man. That'd be dope, man. We're, we're trying to build you guys. We want to build amateurs into pros now also. That's part of one of the reasons we're going pro-am. You know, we don't want to just promote amateurs and then be like, all right, have fun as a pro. You know, we kind of want to help build <laughs> you and then and then continue with you. We're, we're definitely going to have you uh, uh, on the podcast again because we want to follow your career. You're doing great. But we see really big things uh, uh, for you, Brian. And uh, stoked, stoked to have you on. Is there anyone that you want to shout out, any sponsors or? people that helped you get to where you are now you know who do you got who do you got on your team um no sponsors so yeah if anyone wants to sponsor me or wants to hit me up like i said i'm choco fresh pretty much everywhere um so yeah no sponsors to necessarily shout out as far as people who like got me here um you're one of the guys everyone over at smash the whole team coach rudy yacht um I was at another gym for a long time out here and then my trainer moved 
And he was like, hey, Smash is the place to go. So that's where you're going to go. And he kind of set it up with Rudy and it's the family now. So that's definitely the biggest who's gotten me kind of where I'm at right now. Um, and of course my family, my, my wife puts up with me training at least five days a week and we got two kids and she works too. So without them and without her, I wouldn't be able to do it. So proud of you, man. Proud of you able to balance your, your family life, be a fucking excellent athlete and fighter. You're providing for your family as well, uh, working very hard with your career. So, uh, hats off to you, man. Super stoked to have you. Any, any final comments, anything else you want to throw out there for the guys? No, thanks for having me on. Um, excited to come back on and yeah, hopefully I can get on one of your guys' shows. Hey, hell yeah, baby. Thank you so much, Brian. Hey, have a great night, dog. We'll catch you soon, dog. Thank you, man. All right, bro. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah, dog. Catch you later, man. All right. Hey, sick. Sick. Hey, that was Brian Tyler, man. That was Zach Bennell of CSA, Brian Tyler of Smash Fighter. Uh, at the Suncoast Awning Studio, we went. We went. Uh, uh, we were able to do some some remote interviews, which was nice. We want to have that capability. We're trying to reach all fighters in the Bay Area and onward, you know. So we want to really touch base, uh, bring you good live content from uh, from the from the MMA scene here in the Bay Area, Muay Thai as well. We're gonna have Jeff Juarez, Zay, and Brandon Kyle next week for the Triumphant Nine final breakdown. We're also gonna watch the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight. And uh, we're going to go live for that fight. Me, Jeff, Zay, and Brandon are all going to be announcing um, uh, just our little commentating for that fight as well. So catch us. That'll be on Saturday. Next Saturday, correct? Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Tom Bass Davis. That's our sound guy. He's the man. He uh, he put all this together, dude. He really did. Deborah Farolito, owner, Bay Area uh, Bay Area Combat and Suncoast Awning. Suncoast Awning is our big sponsor for all your shade needs, you guys. Uh, Suncoast Awning is going to take care of you. They have a shop in Martinez, a shop in Santa Cruz, but they're servicing the whole Bay Area, all of it, all right? Uh, thank you guys so much. Catch us next Saturday. Catch us on Saturday. We're normally doing Sundays. We kind of drop on Mondays, but make sure you tune in live for Saturday. Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. Look at the fact